Welcome to Environment Matters with me, Amanda Yorworth. Environment Matters is the show that brings you news on issues of sustainability and the environment from around St Albans and from further afield. Now, the Hearts Garden Bird Club's Great Hearts Garden Bird Count is now over and the results are in. And whilst you might not think of St Albans as a hotspot for birds, the winner, John Pritchard, does in fact live in St Albans. We'll hear from him later. But first, I spoke to Great Hearts Garden Bird Count organiser, Tom Speller. Tom, thank you for joining me. So is the Great Hearts Garden Bird Count, is it a yearly event or just a one-off for lockdown? Um, so it was it was a one-off due to the lockdown. Just to give you a little background, so we were we were planning a, a big event on the 25th of April, a sort of county bird race. We we're calling it the, the Hearts Bird Challenge or Super Saturday. So we were planning that, and obviously because of the lockdown, uh, we had to postpone that. So yeah, we came up with the idea of doing a, a garden bird count throughout the whole of a whole of April. You know, to give people the flexibility of you know birding as and when they can. So briefly, what were the rules? It was you could record, and record means hear or see any bird as long as you were in your garden or property at the time. So obviously, birds that were actually physically in your garden counted, um, or birds that were flying overhead, you know, or birds that you could hear in neighbouring gardens or you know in trees by the railway, like I am. You know, so as long as you were in your boundary or property at the time, you, you could you could tick it. And about how how many people contributed? I mean, were you surprised by the number of people? I think we had records in from 113 gardens around Hertfordshire, which was, you know, absolutely fantastic, uh, much more than we we thought. And of those, nearly 70 were providing full lists for every bird that they were seeing in their garden at, at different times of the month. So, yeah, it was, it was fantastic. And did you feel that new people were being attracted to bird watching during lockdown? I, I think so, yeah. When I was so I was downloading the records every day, sorting through them so I could come up with the sort of daily count tools and I was, you know, seeing names that, you know, I was I, I didn't recognise names that hadn't been recording sending records in previously. So, you know, that's 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 obviously brilliant. You know, I suspect a lot of people do enjoy sitting there watching the birds in their garden. It's just taking a step to actually then send the records in, which hopefully this yeah. This is encouraging. And, and I was just thinking, do you think that bird watching is something that um, can help your mental health? Yeah, I mean, there's, there, I think there have been studies to, to prove that bird watching and, and being outside and, you know, in touch with with nature are, are, are definitely beneficial. I mean, I, I'm fortunate enough, I don't, I don't suffer with mental health issues, but, you know, even, you know, if you're feeling a bit stressed or... You, you, you know, I do a lot of my bird watching early in the morning. So before I've got a heavy day at work, you know, go outside for an hour, local walker in the garden and just clear your head. It, it, it does wonders. Did you learn anything from um, what people reported? I mean, was there anything notable that people reported in the count? Yeah, I mean, we had so we had 123 different species reported, which was beyond everyone's expectation. I, I did ask beforehand, you know, predictions on how many how many we get to and most people thought we'd struggle to get to 100 just to give that some context the sort of average number of species a year in Hertfordshire not just from gardens but everywhere is sort of around 200 195 so get 123 just from gardens in April is brilliant and yeah there was so we did a uh, we did a best bird one of the prizes was for the best bird found or seen and that went to a goshawk which was seen over a Burke Hampstead garden there's been fewer than 20 accepted records of goshawk ever 
in Hertfordshire. So, you know, that's obviously a fantastic bird. I mean, there was a stone curlew, which uh, is a heart's rarity these days. One of the best sightings actually was a flock of 60 Mediterranean gulls, which flew over a garden in Pang's Hangar. You know, Mediterranean gulls are um, they're usually seen in very small numbers, like ones, twos, you know, yeah. maybe up to three or four. So I think a flock of 60 is probably the, the highest count ever. And, and do you think there were more of these birds because things were quieter or were we just spotting them more? Or, or don't you know? I think, I think some of these birds would have been missed had we not done it because people were doing so much more sky watching. Right. So looking for things flying over, whereas they would have, you know, under normal circumstances, been travelling around, you know, going to some of the, you know, the fantastic reserves and, and places we have. But people were just, you know, in their gardens, on their sun loungers, yeah. looking up at the sky. The, the other yeah. thing... The other thing that really took off was knockmeat, which is nocturnal migration. So people are out in the gardens, you know, after dark, listening for birds flying over. And of course they could do that because it was quieter. So would you like people to go on reporting their bird sightings on the hnhs.org website? Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, all all sightings are welcome. We've actually just just yesterday launched another another initiative called the Great Hearts Breeding Birds Challenge. So, you know, while the travel restrictions are ongoing, we're asking people to, you know, send in more records of birds that they have breeding in and around their gardens and properties. Because we we tend to sometimes, we don't always get the breeding records, um, you know, as much as some of the the rarities. So we're trying to encourage people to do that, particularly with four species, House Sparrow, Swift, House Martin, and starling which are all birds that nest in and around our you know in and around us on our properties in our gardens and are all unfortunately amber or red listed you know their populations are declining so so yeah absolutely uh, you know all records breeding or otherwise are welcome lovely sounds like there's loads of lovely ways that we can continue to contribute then tom thank you very much indeed thank you What a great idea the bird count was and how much pleasure it must have brought to so many local people highlighting the joys of birds that they can see and hear right from home. Now, as Tom said, swifts are one of the birds of particular concern at the moment, so it's good to hear from the Hearts and Middlesex Wildlife Trust that 21 nest boxes for endangered swifts will be installed on social housing as a result of a partnership between Decorum Borough Council and the Trusts. Tim Hill, the conservation manager at Hearts and Middlesex Wildlife Trust, said these iconic birds have been suffering great declines and it's great to see what partnerships such as this one can achieve. We're optimistic that Hemel Hempstead Swifts will benefit greatly from these nest boxes and are looking forward to working together even closer in the future. And the Trust says that Swifts are a summer migrant to Britain, arriving about now and then spending just three months with us breeding before heading back to Africa in August. They've seen a drastic decline in populations, decreasing by 53% between 1995 and 2016, which is mainly due to loss of suitable nesting places. Now, in the past, many buildings had open eaves, loose tiles and holes in roofs, all of which provided both nesting and roof roosting habitats for bats and birds but modern renovations are resulting in many former nesting holes being sealed up and thereby leaving the swifts excluded without a place to nest resulting in devastated negative effects on their populations.
And the Trust is working with councils, community groups and residents across Hertfordshire to improve and create habitats for Swifts. In Hemel Hempstead, all the tenants were really positive towards the installation and were delighted to be playing their part in providing homes for these threatened birds. And perhaps Swifts were one of the birds spotted by the winner of the Great Hearts Garden Bird Count, St Albans resident John Pritchard. He spotted a staggering 77, yes, 77 different species of birds. Now, I didn't even realise that number of bird species could be found anywhere near St Albans. But was John surprised? I was surprised at how many, just for one month, for the month of April. I mean, April April's a good month because uh, many different species are coming back from Africa, let's say, to the UK or, or, or going over, flying over the UK to go on to Scandinavia. So it was always a chance of a few more than, than usual. But yes, I was surprised to get as high as 77, that's for sure. Yeah. So it sounds like you're a regular bird spotter. You kind of know what you're doing here. Um, well, I keep my eye to the sky. I, I live you know, I live near, not far from the river, um, and I keep an eye on my little patch around St Albans. I don't travel to go bird watching, but I keep an eye on what's, on what's around where I live. Okay, so did you really see or uh, hear all those birds from your garden? Absolutely, from my house or garden. That, that didn't oh, you, the, the rules of the competition were you you, you couldn't uh, claim anything that you saw when you weren't at home. So it was all tied in with 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 lockdown and and, and not being able to travel. So it was it was a good way to to, to pass some of the t- the extra time. Okay, so um, you said that you usually keep an eye out for birds. Were there any birds that you did spot during April that you wouldn't have expected to be around or that you've not seen before? Well, most of the the, the ones that I saw were things like, say, bullfinch or tree creeper, which in my garden I might not even see every year. So I managed to see kind of all of those that I would would, would perhaps not see that often. So I got lots of lots of extra species. The only new one. I realised at the beginning that every morning when I woke up, that one or two very keen members of the Hearts Bird Club have been spending um, a good few hours in their garden and listening at night to see what might be flying over. Um, and I'm not quite that enthusiastic, I have to say, but I realised that perhaps that I was missing out. So um, most evenings I would sort of hang out of the bedroom window for half an hour to see if I could hear anything. And one evening I heard a wimbrel. And a Wimbrel's um, a member of the Curlew family um, on the way to, again, to, to, to Scandinavia or the Arctic to breed. I think a few perhaps breed in Shetland and Orkney, Orkney. Um, and I'd not heard that in the in the Ver Valley before in the St Albans area. So that was one that I was I was quite pleased to get. And do you think that perhaps it, those things might fly over all the time, but just perhaps it was a little quieter. So you were able to hear the distinctive sound? Oh, definitely. Um, road noise was 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 most minimal, particularly um, at the beginning of April. Uh, uh, Luton Airport, uh, hardly any flights at all. Just one or two um, uh, flights for food and so on. So yes, the, the the lack of aircraft noise and traffic noise made it much easier to hear and hear birds from from further away as well. So it sounds like it actually might have given us quite an interesting insight into birds that we hadn't realised were passing over. Yes, to, to to a point certainly, it made it much easier for people to to to, to hear the things that were passing over. I mean, they they obviously pass over every year, but certainly I've never stuck my head out of the bedroom window at eleven o'clock at night to see if I could hear anything flying over the top. Excellent. So, um, as you said, you you do live a little bit further out of St Albans. You live on the Chilbury Estate, so a bit more rural than those of us who live in the heart of St Albans. Are there any particular habitats? 
um, that you thought more birds were attracted to? Was there anything you thought was more important for birds? Well, being not too far from the river definitely made all the difference. I mean, even last year, with there being virtually no water in the river at all, or the river drying up, I, I couldn't have I couldn't have won. Um, I wouldn't have won last year. Uh, I, a kingfisher, for example, was one of the birds that I did see uh, that flew over my house. Uh, snipe was another one that was flying around in the evening and they'll only they'll only stay around if there are wetlands that they can enjoy and they can feed on uh coot uh tufted duck they both uh fly down the fly down the river perhaps the, the tufted duck go to verulamian park at night um unless they're um, breeding so those sorts of things wouldn't be up the river if there was no water to, to enjoy brilliant john thank you very much indeed for sharing that with us no problem. Um, look forward to speaking to you in a year and seeing if I can defend my position. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed, John. I was talking there to John Pritchard, winner of the Great Hearts Garden Bird Count. Now, you might remember that uh, we've heard from John before on the programme, more usually as the chairman of the Vare Valley Society. And after I'd finished making the recording with him, I asked him how the River Vare is doing generally at the minute. And he was happy to report that the groundwater levels are at the highest they have been since 2014. Um, He said that he'd observed a two-month lag between rain falling on the Chiltern Hills and reaching the groundwater that gives rise to the springs that feed the River Vare. And he said that this meant that, rather counterintuitively, river levels were still rising now in spite of the recent dry spell. Now, of course, that won't continue through the summer, but he was heartened that the river is in a better place than it had been for a long while. And we can all help to keep the river there and the wildlife that depends on it in good shape by doing our bit to save water. Now, this week is Water Saving Week, and given that we in St Albans use more water per head than other places in the UK, there's a lot that we can do. So take a look at waterwise.org.uk or uh, follow them on social media for tips each day to save water and, of course, cash as well. There's some really useful tips like how to check whether your loo is leaking water into the pan. Apparently, a leaky loo can waste up to 400 litres of water every day, which, given that our target for sustainable water use is just 100 litres per person per day, really is an awful lot of water so well worth checking um, as often it's quite a simple thing to fix as well and another great tip from Waterwise is to appoint one of the kids as water detectives and get them to follow the simple instructions on the website so that they can track down water waste in your house and, and learn something at the same time Um, And saving water might be the basis of an entry to Sustainable St Albans competition for under-18s called Living Sustainably During Lockdown. You've got until the 3rd of June to enter, and not only will every entry be entered into a prize draw, but some entries will be featured in the Hearts ad. Sustainable St Albans say that they want to hear how you are living more sustainably during lockdown. Perhaps you're riding your bike more, growing your own veg or spotting birds in your garden. Tell them about what you're doing with a photo, a piece of artwork or a piece of creative writing. Now you'll find more about the competition and ideas for sustainable activities for kids during lockdown on the Sustainable St Albans website. That's sustainablestalbans.org.
and there's still time to enter the Wilderhood Watch Wildlife Photography Competition. There's different age categories and you can find all the details on the wilderhoodwatch.org website where you'll also find a gallery of the beautiful photos that have been entered so far. Plus, you'll also see that the Wilderhood Watch Great St. Albans Sunflower Challenge has resulted in 1,350 sunflowers being planted in St. Albans. Now, my sunflowers that I've planted are just coming up and I can't wait for 1,350 jolly sunflowers to brighten up St. Albans for us and provide food for pollinators and for birds. And if you want to hear Nadia from the Wilderhood Watch telling us about the Sunflower Challenge, then make your way to radioverilum.com forward slash podcast, where you can also hear from Tim Hill of the Hearts and Middlesex Wildlife Trust talking about an ambitious project to rewild St Albans, Master Composter John Cosham on getting started with a compost heap, and local gardener author Zero Alloway on how your garden can be a well-being garden. Always good to hear from you via Twitter at RV underscore environment, via the Environment Matters Facebook page, or drop me a line on amanda at radioverulam.com. I'll be back at the same time next week. Until then, thank you for listening.